The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. If there's anything that everyone should know about the message of Christmas, it's that the message of Christmas, it really is good news, that for, for all who wait and for all who hunger, for all who, who've prayed and all who wonder, for the heart that, that longs for even just a, a little bit of hope, the message that Emmanuel has come, the message that, that Emmanuel has come into our world, it really is a message of good news. I want us all to hear this news for ourselves tonight. Take out your Bibles, open them up to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Now, if you're using one of the Bibles in the seat back in front of you, you can find that beginning on page 1590. And I want to read Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1 to you. Please follow along with me as I read. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. Now, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now it's actually this piece of news, this little piece of news right here, where we eventually get the word gospel from, because the word gospel, it it literally means good news. And so when the angel says, I have some good news, what he was saying is, I have something that I'm about to share with you, and this news is so good that it's going to literally cause you to have joy. Joy not just for the the shepherds and not just for the Jewish people, not just for the people of that area or even of that era, but that this is good news for all people. Because today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Now, if I were to just pause right there for a few minutes, I would say this. See, if there is anything If there is anything at all about the message of Jesus actually coming into our world that does not strike you as good news, then perhaps, perhaps someone has actually distorted the message of Christmas for you. If there's anything about the message of Christmas that does not strike you as good news, perhaps someone or a group of somebodies actually distorted or presented a bad characterization of what it actually means to be a part of or to belong to a church. 
Because if somebody walks up to you or you come home and, and your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, they say to you, hey, listen, I've got some good news. I mean, the first thing you think is not what am I going to have to give up or what is this going to cost me, right? Having good news means I'm about to share some information with you that's going to make you say, that's awesome. I mean, good news is, is there's something that, that you thought you were going to have to do that you're not going to have to do? Good news means your life actually gets better, doesn't it? Good news is, you know, our teacher decided to cancel the final exam and just give everybody an A. That's good news. Good news is that everyone gets a raise. Good news is everybody gets a bonus. Good news is that Amazon actually delivered on time. And so in the message of Jesus coming into our world, when the angel shares that message, he says, I have some good news. Because the message of Christmas and the message of the gospel, it really is 100% good news. And, and if your feelings about God or Jesus or the church are anything less than that, then perhaps someone hasn't presented that clearly to you. Perhaps someone has mixed up that message with all kinds of other messages. Because, see, the truth is, if it's good news... Then, then that means here's what it's not. See, good news can't possibly be straightened up, can it? I mean, it can't be get your act together. I bring you good news of great joy. That's awesome. What is it? Get your act together. Straighten up. Well, that's not good news. I mean, how do you reconcile straighten up with, with good news? I mean, that's not, that's not good news. God certainly didn't need to send an angel to earth to tell anyone that, did he? I mean, we've been tell, people have been telling each other that message for forever. That's not good news. Tonight, as we're here together, as we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, the entrance of Jesus into our world, I want to share with you why the angel could really say that this is good news for all people. Now, you, you may know this already, you may not. That we actually have four different written accounts of the life of Jesus. And each one of these different accounts... They were written by a different person to a different group of people, and that's why all of them, they tell the same big story, but each one of them is a little bit different than the others. And the one that has the most familiar account of Jesus' birth, the one that we, we read from earlier, that was actually written by a doctor named Luke. But it's in another one of the accounts of Jesus' life, one that was written by one of Jesus' followers, one of his apostles by the name of John, that, that, that we actually learn the reason why. We actually find out the answer to why. Why is this message of a Savior born, why is this really good news? And before we read what it is that John wants to say to us, I want to tell you a little bit about John himself. See, John, again, was one of Jesus' apostles. He was a follower of Jesus. And so that means that John, he actually heard with his own ears, he heard Jesus speak. He actually saw Jesus. He saw Jesus perform miracles. He was there when Jesus was crucified. He was there when Jesus died. And he was also there when Jesus rose from the dead. And then John, he actually spent the next 30 years of his own life telling other people not simply about what he thought, but about what it is that he actually saw. And John's message was actually very simple. He basically said to people, I saw this man Jesus. I saw him perform miracles. I saw him teach. I saw him crucified. And then I saw him risen 
from the dead. And it was because of that message that John himself was actually exiled and left on a little island called Patmos where where he was left there to die. And now this is really important for us to understand because, see, if what we had were just simply four different accounts of four different opinions about Jesus, I'm not sure we could say that this is good news. But John and Matthew and Mark and Luke as well as Peter and even Jesus' own brother James, all of them, they actually gave up their lives for something that they saw. I mean, something that they actually witnessed, something that that happened. And so as John is thinking about all that took place on that very first Christmas, he begins to write. But, But what he writes, he doesn't tell us about the shepherds. He doesn't say anything about the inn or the manger. I mean, he says nothing about the star or the stable. Instead, what John says, what he puts down on paper is this. For God so loved the world. See, this is John's way of saying that this is good news for all people. For God so loved the world. I mean, that doesn't mean that God loved the globe, right? I mean, that that means that God, he actually loves you. I mean, that that the God of the universe, he loves you, and, and he loves you, and he loves you, and he actually loves me, and he loves you. And that God loves us, and so God actually did what anybody, I mean, he did what anybody who is in love with somebody does. He gave. I mean, what do you do when you love somebody, right? I mean, you don't, you don't trade with them. You don't barter. You don't say, if you, then, then I. I mean, you, you give, right? I mean, tomorrow morning, uh, a lot of you, you're going to give gifts. You're going to give gifts to all different kinds of people tomorrow, aren't you? I mean, some of you, I know, you're going to give gifts to people simply because they happen to be in town this weekend. So some of you are going to give gifts to people just because they, they happen to be showing up at your house for dinner. But, but what about those people that you actually love? I mean, when, when you love someone, Right? What you give to them, that comes from your heart, doesn't it? I mean, when you love someone, what you give to them is what you know will actually bring them joy. And John says, I know that God loves the world, that he actually loves the whole world, because look at what he gave. You, you know what he gave, right? I mean, this is, it's the good news of Christmas. He gave his one and only son. The, the, the baby, the baby of Bethlehem, God gave Jesus as our Savior. I mean, that, that, is, that is remarkable news. I mean, if John would have stopped there, if he didn't write anything else for us, I mean, that really is, if you think about it, remarkable news, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that God actually loved this world so much this big, amazing world, this, the, 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 God, the same God who created this universe that is so vast and, and gigantic that it's almost impossible to comprehend, that that same God, he actually loved this world. I mean, as broken as it is at times, that he loved this world so much that he gave the most valuable gift that he had to it. I mean, that is, that is remarkable news. But see, the good news of Christmas, John says, is that God, 
He, he didn't actually stop there. The good news of Christmas, John says, is that, that God, he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever, whoever works really hard, whoever follows all the laws and all the commands, whoever does everything that's expected of them throughout the course of their entire life, you know, whoever is really, really consistent. Isn't that what we've been told for, for so many years? Isn't that what so many of us think? But see, the good news of Christmas, John says, is John doesn't say any of that. Why? Because that wouldn't be good news, would it? I mean, that, that kind of news, that doesn't bring joy. That, that brings guilt. I mean, that kind of news, that doesn't bring celebration. That, that actually brings fear. The good news of Christmas, John says, is that, that God loves the whole world. That, that he loves it so much that he gave the most valuable gift that he has to it. And he gave that gift to whoever believes, whoever believes in him. See, what John actually understood after years of listening to Jesus, after years of following Jesus, after years of, of watching Jesus, see, what John knew was the way that someone gets the gift of God's Son, the way that someone gets the gift of Jesus into their lives, it's not by behaving. It's by believing. It's not by trading, trying harder, or performing. It's simply by believing in, by trusting in the fact that, that not only is Jesus the Savior, but He's actually, he's actually my Savior. That means that, that when Jesus was born into this world, that he was actually born for you. That he was actually born for me. And that many years later when Jesus died on the cross to pay for, for sin, that he actually died to pay for my sin. And he, he died to pay for your sin as well. The good news of Christmas, John says, is that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him. And then listen to the promise. The promise that comes after that. Shall not perish, but have. Have, because it's a gift. Have eternal life. You know what eternal life is? See, eternal life is not about getting to live forever somewhere, is it? You see, I think the truth is every single one of us, we kind of already know that, don't we? We already kind of intuitively, we just know that every single person, right, that they have an eternal soul, that each one of you, the person you're sitting next to right now, the people that are gonna, you're going to exchange gifts with tomorrow morning that are going to come over to your house in the afternoon, all of them, every single person you ever meet, they have an eternal soul and they will live forever somewhere, won't they? I mean, we, we just kind of, we kind of intuitively know that, right? It, somehow every single one of us, we know that there's actually more to life than just simply being alive, isn't there? I mean, isn't there more to life than, than just what it is that we, we experience every day? I mean, we just kind of know that, don't we? 
And see, the good news of Christmas is that is precisely why God has actually given the gift of Jesus to each and every one of us. Jesus actually came to give the gift of of real life, of eternal life, the gift of God life, the gift of life that goes far beyond the circumstances that make up your daily life right now. See, eternal life is a new standing. Eternal life is a new relationship. It's a new connection with God. And what makes the message of Christmas such good news, John tells us, is that God has simply chosen to give that gift to you. That on Christmas Eve, the good news of Christmas is that believing, it really is receiving. And then John actually writes something in the very next verse that takes us a little by surprise. See, John says, in case that's not what you've been told before, in case somebody has mixed up that message before, in case that's not what you understood, I want you to understand about how incredible this gift that God has given, how incredible this gift really is, because in verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He did not do that, John says, but to save the world through him. Now the implication of that is, I think, incredibly clear because if you have ever felt condemned or maybe you've actually been condemned by somebody or a group of somebodies that was supposedly somehow representing God to you, I mean, that is not God's message to you, John says. That, That is not good news and that's not actually why Jesus came, God says. John tells us. See, I mean, when I already know about the failures in my life, when I already know about the ugliness in my past, when I already know about the brokenness in my life, when I already know about the sin in my life, what I actually need is good news. Good news, John says, is that despite the brokenness and the failures and the sin in my life, I can actually be saved. Good news, John tells you, is that despite the brokenness and the sin and the failures in your life, you, you, you can actually be saved. You know what saved is? Saved is rescued. Saved is I used to wonder how God feels about me. Now I know how God feels about me. Saved is, you know, we were falling apart But now we're together. See, God didn't send Jesus into this world because he's mad at us. I mean, God sent Jesus because he loves us. And that is exactly why the angel could say that today I am bringing you good news of great joy for people everywhere because today is the beginning of something new. Today is the beginning of something good. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Your Savior has been born and he is Christ, the Lord. And so my question for you this afternoon, this evening, is just simply this. I mean, is this good news? Is it your good news? Because even though I I may not know all the details of you or, or your life or all the things that you've been through, see, what I do actually know about you is this. As long as you are still trusting in you to somehow get in good graces with God, then the truth is you really have no idea where you actually stand with God. Do you? 
And Jesus says to you, I have some great news. I want to take that insecurity away. Jesus says, I want to take that fear away. I want to take away the uncertainty. I want to take away the unknown. And I want to give to you a relationship with God. I want you to be absolutely certain that God, he actually really does know your name. And so I want to give to you a relationship with him. And just like any gift, Jesus says, the only thing you need to do is to simply receive it. And the way that you receive that gift is by placing your faith in the fact that that what Jesus has done for you, what it is that he did for you, paying for your sin and paying for my sin when he died on that cross. Because the truth about sin, the harsh truth about sin, and again, I, I think that this is just one of those things that intuitively we all know somehow. I mean, somehow someone actually has to pay. Somehow the the, the scales have to be balanced somehow, right? Somebody actually has to pay for all that. And if I'm still trusting in my own performance somehow to have a relationship with God, then that also means I'm trusting in myself to deal with the consequences of my sin. But what Jesus actually offers, what he offers is a gift. It's a gift for you. He actually offers to take the responsibility of your sin onto himself and then to give to you the gift of life, to give to you his life, to give to you the gift of eternal life, the gift of God life. And so my hope is that every single person here that you really can say that that this good news, it really is my, it is my good news. Now, see, the truth is, I know that for a number of you here tonight, that this is what you've believed about Jesus for, for a very long time. Maybe some of you even, your entire life. But for others of you, if you're honest, you're not quite sure, are you? Because Christmas, Christmas is all about angels and miracles, and you've never seen an angel, and you've never seen a miracle, and so you're just not really sure that all of this, that all of this, is actually for real, are you? For others of you, you know, you've grown up in church, you've spent your whole life in church, and this is what you have always believed, but, but suddenly life, you know, has kind of taken a turn in a direction you did not expect life to go. And you never expected your life to turn out the way that it has, and now you can't find God, you can't see God in the midst of your life right now, and so you're wondering, is this, is this really for real? Now, if either of those two situations is your situation, I want you to know I I understand that. I really do. In fact, I actually understand that probably better than you realize. But all I would ask of you, the only thing I would say to you is simply this. Before you just dismiss all of this, before you just dismiss it, would you at least ask God to somehow reveal himself to you? 
Because see, if God really is as amazing as I'm saying he is, if God can really do all the things I'm saying that God can do, if God really is as powerful as I'm telling you that he is, then certainly God is actually powerful enough to cut through your experience and reveal himself to you somehow. And see, the truth is, if he isn't, you don't want him anyway. And so all I would ask of you tonight would you please just do the same thing that I did myself many, many years ago? Would you just ask Jesus if he's real? Would you just say to Jesus something like what I said, you know, Jesus, I, I, I want to know if this is really real. I want to know if you really are there, Jesus. I, I want to know, will, will, you please, will you please show yourself to me somehow? Will you please reveal yourself to me, Jesus, if you're really there? Would you at least be open enough to allow the God of the universe to reveal himself to you the way that he chooses? And while you're waiting for God to do that, I want you to know you are always welcome here. Because this is actually a place where you can come and you can actually see what it is that God has done. You are always welcome here. See, if you ever wanted to belong someplace but you had doubts, if you ever wanted to belong someplace but you weren't quite sure if you believed at all or even what you believe, if you ever wanted to belong someplace but all you've ever felt in your life is condemned, you are always welcome here. Because we're a church. We are a group of people who is far from perfect, and we know it. But we also know what it means to actually receive grace from our Savior Jesus and our hope our hope is simply to share that very same grace that each one of us that we have received from Jesus, we would like to share that with you. Because if he really loves you as much as we say he does, if he really does love you as much as, as John actually says he does, then he loves you enough to show up in your life when you're ready. And so you are always welcome here. And my hope for all of us today as we close out our time on Christmas Eve together is that, that each one of us, that we would simply do the very same thing that the shepherds did when they heard the angels' message of good news. They heard it, and they believed it, and they acted on what it is that they heard. And they went to see this amazing thing that God had done. They went to see it for themselves. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, every single one of us here tonight, we all came into this place knowing that it's Christmas Eve. We all came here knowing about Christmas. But Father, maybe we didn't realize that you actually made Christmas for me. Father, the very first Christmas gift 
that was ever given in this world was actually the gift that you gave to each one of us, the gift of your son. And for some of us tonight, this is a great reminder of your love, a love that we have known and understood for, for a big part of our lives. But Father, for others of us here tonight, it's a love that almost sounds too good to be true. And Father, I, I know that. And you know that. And so I simply ask that for everyone here this evening whose heart is filled with questions or doubts or fears, Jesus, on behalf of them, I ask, would you, would you please reveal yourself to them somehow, some way, so, so they really can know you, so they can really call on you as their Savior? Jesus, would you please do for them what it is that you did for those shepherds so many years ago? Give them the faith that they need to believe the message that they heard and then to act on what they were told. Father, I pray that you would, you would give every single person here the faith that they need to, to make these words their own words. That Jesus, I know I need a Savior. I, I don't often admit it, and Jesus, I don't know even how to express it sometimes, but I, I know I need a Savior, and Jesus, I, I actually believe that you are my Savior. I believe that you were born for me, that you paid the price for my sin by dying on a cross. And Father, on this Christmas Eve, I really am, I am receiving the gift that you have given to me this Christmas, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of a Savior, the gift of new life, of eternal life, all, all through Jesus. And Father, I would just pray that you would help me to know you more. All this I pray in my Savior's name, in the name of Jesus. Amen.